welcome back to the Marvel Guys podcast. My name is Jordan, and as always, I have someone here who is very excited to get a little piece of Marvel content back in his world. How you doing tonight? Oh, excellent. This has been uh, an awesome couple of days, for sure. Um, it just it does feel nice having Marvel back, like. Man, and knowing that this is like uh, just the beginning, it is 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 amazing. You never know what you have until it's gone. Um, right, right. We had quite an avalanche of content from Marvel in that last year, uh, 2019, and then really since then there hasn't been much to uh, take in or discuss. Um, you know, you can discuss anything. But uh, nothing new. So there's a lot of what's, you know, what's next, what ifs, and all kinds of things like that. Um, the year 2020 was was rough in many ways, and we didn't get any Marvel content. So uh, we're hoping for a lot of exciting and fresh ideas and a lot of cool TV shows and movies upcoming. And um, the first episode and the second episode of WandaVision was released, and we're going to be discussing that on today's episode. Uh, we are going to have a brief news and notes section that is one thing that you've been particularly interested in, a uh, mm -hmm. TV show coming out, Moon yeah. Knight. Um, we do have Ethan Hawke announced as being a central figure um, in the series. So well, what are your initial thoughts on that? Um, it, it's, it's exciting because uh, we've talked about this a lot before in that bringing in an established actor somebody who's like really good already uh which they've already done with uh oscar isaac but now adding ethan hawk into the fray as the villain is it's excellent um i think the early speculation is that he's probably going to be uh what's his name uh raul bushman um mm -hmm. who's probably the biggest central enemy for Moon Knight, biggest villain. Um, but I mean, what what's so cool is that, you know, we're going to get more of the like Egyptian God side of Moon Knight too, which is amazing. Uh, because if it is Bushman, then yeah, we're, we're going to get some of that um, sprinkled in. Um, as well as the potential for there to be the, you know, like the Jeff Lemire version of, of Moon Knight in that we're going to have, you know, like some asylum stuff going on. Um, because I, if I remember right, there's a specific part that happens in a comic where like the god basically tells you know, Moon Knight to kill Bushman, like sacrifice him for the God and he refuses. And so it puts Bushman into the mental asylum. Um, but then, like I said, with the Jeff Lemire Moon Knight, you could have this playoff where, you know, one of the identities, you know, Mark Spector or whoever is now in the mental asylum and maybe he sees Bushman in there or something at some point. That that could be interesting. But once again, I mean, it just it it further adds to speculation, and that's that's always good. 
What is it about asylums and superhero stories? Well, I think all that it does is just shows that, you know, because mentally, you know, like when we look at like a, a Batman, right? He's like extremely physically gifted. He's gifted in hand-to-hand combat and stuff like that. So you'd assume that he's like extremely overpowered for most superheroes that are like not a god or like not, you know, like given some crazy power from some, you know, source somewhere else. Um, But then you have that element of like the scarecrow who comes in and with one like gas chamber can completely screw Batman up for like two, three days. Right. He gets tied up. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And it's that mental aspect of it that's interesting. And what's what's really cool, though, is that you're going to see with Moon Knight is that that takes that part of Batman and just like amplifies it a thousand times. Because it is three different people in one thing with the powers given from a god. Like, it's it's awesome. It's awesome. Um, but the, the appeal of the asylum is, <laughs> I think it just adds like a horror element to, to, to the comic. So I would love to see that play out on the big screen or the small screen or whatever screen you're watching it on. Um, do you think that these TV shows will get their own movies at some point? That's something I was wondering about recently. I hope so, but at the same time, maybe not. Um, I think uh, I think these characters will f- will find them in the movies at some point. I don't know that they'll get like a standalone, but mm-hmm. um, I think that when the poo hits the fan and you need a group of superheroes to do something in some movie, then then you'll see them come together. We might have some kind of like um, what I thought would be actually kind of cool. I'm glad you brought that up because I thought this would be kind of an interesting thing is if they brought in Daredevil, Luke Cage, the Punisher, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist. If they brought all of those guys in, what if they did a movie with those and then they brought in Moon Knight and then they bring in uh, She-Hulk or you know, somebody else that's got, you know, blade or someone, you know, that could be, that could be real interesting. So, um, no, I don't, I don't think any of these people that are in, uh, series will get a solo movie. I don't think, I don't think that'll happen. I mean, I could, it could change. I buy that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is interesting to think about what the end game is for these TV show series because, they don't make that much money off the TV shows. Um, maybe they will. Maybe Marvel's going to change all this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would assume that they are using the TV shows as the jumping point for Disney Plus to make it into the next juggernaut mm. um, of media. So I don't know how much emphasis they're putting on these TV shows for the main storyline. I guess WandaVision is going to give us an idea of that. Um, but I'm very curious to see how they treat 
the TV shows versus the movies and how they tie them in together. We'll be just see everybody in everybody's movies eventually because it's going to be so um, intertwined. Uh, I'm not sure. I think, I think they'll basically treat the TV series maybe as a like Captain America, the first Avenger Iron Man one, like they'll treat it like the introductory to the character. So I don't think they'll go very far as far as like seasons go. Like maybe two or three seasons, um, because then by, by then you'll know who the character is, and then by then you'll also have crossover events. So because if I'm if I remember right, when I was looking at the stuff that's coming out, you could easily say that every single one of those characters could be easily like just based in New York City, <laughs> and that's it. Like they all have some kind of tie to New York, which is kind of cool. So. And who else has ties to New York? Daredevil. Like, and come on. And really. pretty, pretty much everything. Yeah, pretty much and, everything. And game showed us that. Yeah. I mean, New York is literally the most important city in Marvel All comics. of New York. Like, yeah. just all of New York. I mean, Four Freedom Plaza, everything. So. How many episodes did it say that this season was going to be? Um, for WandaVision? Yeah, they I laid it, it out. Was eight or ten? Yeah, Let me... it's one of those two. So that would put it at about three hours, maybe a little bit more of nine. content. Nine episodes? Mm-hmm. So maybe three three to three and a half hours is about the total amount of content we're going to get from this show, which is basically a, a movie, mm-hmm. a Marvel movie. Yeah. Because we're looking, unless things change, we're looking at between 20 and 30 minutes between each episode. Um, yeah. It's looking like... Uh, so it's like two and a half to three uh, episodes per hour, and you know, you put that together. I would assume that the finale would be maybe forty, just like they kind of did with the, the Mandalorian. I hope um, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how this whole thing goes uh, with these TV shows in general. And Moon Knight is one of the more exciting upcoming ones, but we did have One Division come out. And that is going to be the forefront of the discussion tonight. So um, first thoughts, uh, you can kind of take it however you'd like. But uh, I guess one emphasis would be, did you like it? Um, What does it mean going forward in the series? And perhaps were you able to make sense of the episode? (laughs) Because I don't think anybody truly has, but we're all kind of guessing. I, I loved it. I... I actually, I, I know what you mean because I saw it on Twitter a lot, but I, I felt like I knew exactly what was going on um, kind of easily. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I loved it. Um, and I think that what this means going forward too, um, I think I said this in the last episode that we did because we were kind of, you know, still trying to figure out what it was. It hasn't, it hadn't come out yet. Uh, I think it was like the day before we saw it, but um, I said that if they drew influence from House of M, that, you know, basically along the lines of like WandaVision could be the single biggest thing to happen in Marvel, you know, uh, and, and for this to be the first thing when we come back from that break is, is amazing. So, um yeah, I man, the the implications of what's going on uh, 
are, are huge, huge. So, um, yeah, I mean, well, how did you, how did you feel about it? I really enjoyed it. Um, it was just so completely different from anything we've ever gotten from Marvel. I mean, that's not an exaggeration. It, it was, mm-hmm. if you turned it on and you hadn't seen the trailer, you'd probably be like, what am I watching? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Because it truly felt like an episode of I Love Lucy and in its own way had that charm of I'm, you know, bored. It's Sunday morning. I'm at my grandma's house. Let's yeah. watch something. Yeah. And like they were overdoing the jokes um, for a reason. Obviously, they were kind of setting the tone, but um, it was still funny. It was still entertaining, just taking it at face value. And then you'd get these little moments where you're like, the heck is going on around here? You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. this is not a normal thing. Mm -hmm. Something's not right here. Mm -hmm. Um, More specifically, uh, the people interacting with, with her are very like stereotypical of that time period. And she, for one, is not. She doesn't belong there. Nope. Um, she doesn't know what's going on. And then there's also these emphasis moments where it's like my whole being is being called into question in my brain. Like she looks like that's so Raven for a second. Like, right. She doesn't know what's going on. And mm-hmm. she comes in and out of these spells and so early on, I think we were able to decipher that there's something going on here that's not real. Um, either that or it's, you know, in some respects, it's real, but it's not happening in real time, I guess would be a better way to put it. And she is probably or more likely than not creating this reality. And so yeah. once you go from that base, you know, that that's like starting point, excuse me. Um, you can build from there. And so, yeah, I thought it was, it was really good. It was really fun. Um, it wasn't too serious. It doesn't take itself too serious yet, but I think we're going to get there. Oh Um, yeah. Yeah. It was very much a, an easy way to break you back into Marvel. It was something that you could watch with the family and just be entertained because you don't need the story. There's no, there's no bigger story at play here yet. Mm-hmm. It's just introducing you into what it is. And I understand why they put the first two episodes out too, because the first one was strictly it's pretty much just a TV show. There really yeah, wasn't much wasn't at all. Much yeah. Um, other than, you know, the dinner party stuff mm-hmm. um that kind of threw you for a loop and you'd be like, Well, that's weird, but you wouldn't, you know, question it too much. So I was glad that they put the first and second one in there and then they got you to the the color at the end where it's like, Hey, this is coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it looks like we're done with the black and white for now. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what's next. I have no clue. I'm excited to to see what's to come. And it's nice to have a Marvel storyline that you're just like, oh, there's really no true like base comic stuff that they're doing this off of. They might be taking it from many places mm-hmm. or even one focal place. But this story, this is brand new. Yeah. We don't know what's going on. Well, what I think is interesting is to me, um, we we like you said, we really haven't seen anything like this, but like we kind of have, um, because we've seen the reality stone. We've seen what the reality stone can do, and I think that that's basically what this is: is 
Because, because, like I said, I mean, House of M obviously is influencing this, and from what we know of, you know, casting. I mean, we've talked about that before in the past. Like, so there's already these like hints that have been laid out for you, uh, and so, um, like, I, as as we were watching this, like, I just. I was kind of thinking of it like that, like thinking of it as in this is House of Him. And because of that, it just made so much sense, like so much sense. Everything makes sense. She's creating. I don't think Vision is even real or alive. Like he's just like a uh, a creation basically like not that he wasn't a creation to begin with because that's all he was but like i think everything around wanda is created by her so um i i i think that uh what we'll see and, and what we've already seen with like sword because sword is is in in the show like we've already seen this what two or three times it was mentioned or like like at the end of episode 1 you saw the TV and then it backed out and the dude closed the notebook and it had a sword logo on there yep there was the helicopter that landed in the bush outside which was a sword thing uh um and then of course the people that are talking to her on the radio like that's got to be people from sword um and the implications that that has in itself is insane because it really does further push that narrative of this is house of him basically. Um, because so like for those that don't know, like sword is an offshoot of shield. Um, however, sword where shield has more implications as far as like the Avengers are concerned. Sword has more implications for the X-Men because, uh, you know, you have like Abigail Brand, who's like the leader of Sword. Um, Cable is involved in Sword, which we all know who Cable is. Um, and then also what I always found was interesting is that like, uh, I think it was like Kitty Pride. I think it's Kitty Pride always has like Lockheed on her shoulder. It's kind of like a pet kind of thing. But Lockheed is also like low key kind of powerful. Um and Lockheed is like a secret agent for Sword to like spy on what's going on in the mansion in Xavier's school. Um so I always thought that was interesting. So it further pushes that narrative of like WandaVision is going to be probably where the X-Men pop off for the first time in the MCU. And it might not be like pop off. It might mean be more like, okay, here's a couple of the X-Men, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll kind of ease everything in. Um, yeah. Cause like Magneto is part of sword. Um, like I said, cable is part of sword. So like there, there's going to be these like, possibly these like moments maybe at the end we might see like magneto or somebody um 
And that'll be, that'll be amazing. Um, because it's ushering in that new, the new thing, like the new shiny toy that Marvel has to play with now. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I've hit most of my points as far as like WandaVision is concerned as of now. But do you buy this? Um, the commercials are a metaphor for Wanda's trauma. First, the Stark bomb that killed her parents and trapped her and her brother in the rum- in the rubble. Mm-hmm. Then when Strucker, the man who experimented on the twins, um, is referenced in the other commercial. Yeah, I, I, I buy that. I, I definitely buy that. Um, and it seems like to me, too, that S.W.O.R.D. on the outside of this creation is seeing things so like they're seeing everything that's going on as we're seeing it as a tv show as you know something that it's not and so yeah i think that it's definitely i think two things are going on basically wanda is creating this alternate world okay but at the same time, S.W.O.R.D. is intervening and trying to stop her because she's basically losing herself. She's basically, like, losing her mind because of the trauma that she's faced. You know, just when it seemed like things were going right for her in her life, no, everything went to crap. Like she joined the Avengers and it was like, okay, you know, I'm grieving my, the loss of my brother um, and, and everything that happened there, but I have the Avengers and then civil war happens and she's looked at as a, you know, a, a menace, you know, um, and she's treated like a child and then vision comes in and it's like, oh, okay, well now I have vision. And then Infinity War happens. So like every time she moves forward, she takes steps back in her life. And it's causing this like mental instability. And as powerful as she is, that's the last thing you want is for that kind of person to be mentally unstable. Um, so then in a way, it's like extremely sad because she's gone as far as to create a new world in which Vision's still alive and everything's fine and there's no need for a superhero, basically, because, you know, they're living in, you know, this made-up society. Um, But I think that S.W.O.R.D. is trying to intervene and help her, but she's paranoid about that possibly so that's why she keeps blocking it out um i did see something that was interesting though because i looked at the pictures again of because i didn't rewatch it um but i did see like pictures of the beekeeper and i think that that was a massive point of emphasis for everybody that was watching the show (laughs) right um as to who the heck this beekeeper is um and why a beekeeper right I don't know. I don't know why it would be a beekeeper. 
But it is kind of funny that like the AIM scientists and AIM soldiers kind of wear suits that are similar to like that of a beekeeper. Um, I, I don't think that that's a thing, but it is kind of weird. But there were bees. Yeah, but there were actual bees. Yeah. Um, so what what could that mean? Um, I mean, you could say that maybe that's just a a person like the the beekeeper aspect of it, and the bees don't really mean that much. As in, as much as it means as okay, dudes coming out of a sewer drain, entering the world. Why would there be bees? I don't think that's important. I would disagree. I think it's more along the lines of. Wanda sees him and immediately knows he's not supposed to be there. So, and he's coming out of the drain. So that means basically kind of like what I was saying is that sword is intervening. Like that's somebody that's not supposed to be there and she doesn't want him there. So it's like, she instantly was like, no, went back in time. Boom. He's no longer there. So it stops that from happening. So are you saying that they sent that, that figure into the story to make her realize something is really weird. And then she said reverse. And I think, or do you think she put that guy into the story? No, accidentally. I think they put that person into there like to infiltrate. And she realized that that's not part of what she's wanting to do. That's not part of her creation because she's not doing another thing that I, I loved is that when, the people are speaking to her on the radio. She like freezes and she doesn't say anything. So I think she's trying to block that out. That's why when the person was infiltrating the beekeeper, she said no. And it immediately went back in time. Okay. And prevented it from happening because she doesn't want anyone infiltrating this because she wants to just live happily with vision. So you do think she's cognizantly aware that everything's fake around her? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, okay. she knows. She's just, that's how she wants it to be because she just wants to be with Vision. Like, that's the first time she really felt like love like that, you know, and, you know, not looked at as, you know, a hero or a villain, just looked at as Wanda. So, um, I, I think... I don't think that the beekeeper aspect of it is as important as the the rest of the narrative. Um, Do you think bees mean something to her? No, maybe, but but uh, no. I I just think that it's like a random person brought in. Um, because I mean, okay, if it was a. If it was a dog catcher, would that mean anything? Maybe not. If it was a uh, firefighter, would that mean anything? Maybe not. Like, I think the beekeeper aspect of it is just that it's somebody trying to mingle in where they don't belong. Which is also also a metaphor for beekeeping in general. Like, bees are just doing their thing, you know. And then you have the beekeeper who's like, in a way, taking care of them, but like, doesn't really belong there. 
bees can just do their thing. Um, but like, I, I don't know. I don't think that, I really don't think that it means that much. So uh, what, what percentage would you put of the possibility of Swarm being that character? 1%, maybe less. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't think it's possible. Wow. Um, because I feel like if they did Swarm, number one, it wouldn't be in WandaVision. Number two, it wouldn't be a beekeeper. It would be something different. Because Swarm wouldn't need a beekeeper outfit, if that makes sense. Because he's basically surrounded in bees anyways. So yeah, he wouldn't but to need fit in, he might put on a beekeeper outfit to keep the bees off him, potentially. Maybe. Maybe. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's Swarm. That's a good... I'm glad that people were putting that together, though. Because it shows that people are like invested in Marvel. Um, and they kind of know some of these more like um uh what's the word like obscure obscure characters good thank you yeah obscure obscure characters so one of the biggest reasons i thought of him i I didn't really know much about him beyond he um was in the mobile game that i used to play Mm. and i forgot about that what makes me pause is they don't typically add characters unless they're coming to the MCU. That's not a one-size-fits-all. It's not true for everybody, but um, random characters rarely get added, um, and they just added Swarm earlier this year. Mm, So to go from a character that nobody talks about to involved in a huge, huge mobile game... um, it was interesting because the other characters that have come out this year um, that are new were from the new uh, movie of with Black Widow. So it made me pause. Um, and then I looked up and see how everybody else was feeling about it. And I think it could possibly be I, I don't I don't buy that it doesn't have significance, but I do have I leave the possibility that the bees don't have significance now. I think it's possible that they may just be hinting at a future placeholder for either swarm or something bee related. Um, But I don't know. I don't, I feel like they don't ever put anything in there just to put it in there. Yeah. So it makes me wonder which level of, you know, DEF CON should we be at for. All right. That being a character, if you zoom in, there's still shots of the character and you can see his face. Um, oh. Kind of looks like Daniel Craig. But um, I don't know if he's, I feel like if he wasn't significant at all, they probably would have left it like darkened to where you can't see the face. Mm-hmm. So there is something there. Um, I guess aside from that, what was your thoughts on the helicopter? What What was the significance of the helicopter? And why Same a helicopter? Thing. Same thing. Same thing, random. Yeah, I think that... Um so there's two things going on because the helicopter occurred in the second episode. And in the second episode, you have the skit that they're doing at the thing for the children. Right. But what's oh, the biggest that's thing children. that's, that's, that's glaringly obvious is that there's no children at all. So one of the things that I think is 
important is that it is a like a toy helicopter has a sword logo on it so it shows that sword is trying to infiltrate they kind of know what's going on too um but when she looks at it she knows that it's not supposed to be there not because it's in color and everything else it's like monochrome or whatever but like it's a toy helicopter there's no children there she knows that so that's true you know, like it's it's one of those like double things to add though with 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 swarm as well. It easily could be uh, swarm uh, because of his background. Um, like I, I've read some things that were like people thought that like maybe Hydra's involved in this whole thing. I don't know that that's true. I mean, I that'd be on a higher percentage than the beekeeper being swarm to me, but I still don't think that that's likely that Hydra has anything to do with this. But, um, you know, like I said, I mean, aim could be, you know, same kind of percentage, maybe like 10 to 15% chance. Um, but yeah, I think the helicopter significance was just that once again, it's just something that's not supposed to be there. And she knows that they're trying to infiltrate what she's creating maybe. So, uh, that's the extent I think of my thoughts on that. Um, what are your thoughts on here's what I'm trying to put together in my brain. I feel like each episode is representing something. It's some kind of thought feeling, um, idea. I I'm still kind of formulating, Obviously, the second one is centered around she wanted to have a kid. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to kind of populate the ideas for the first episode, but that's kind of where I'm going with like, it seems like each commercial had a memory attached to it. Mm-hmm. It seems like each episode leads up to something that she wanted to do mm-hmm. or something that she felt inside that she wanted to experience, uh, something like that. So... um that's what I'm curious, and I'll be looking for that now moving forward, trying to piece together each episode yeah. of where are we where are we getting to. Because, because it's a theme. Right, and she's not pregnant. Like right. she, she may be pregnant for the next episode or something. I don't know how they're going to do that, but she she ended up pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to go through a pregnancy storyline. No. It would probably throw people off, but yeah. yeah. Um, especially because she's... This isn't real, so right. it would uh, turn some people off right. for fake babies and stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't have a complete thought on that one yet, but that's that's really what I'm pointing to with the next uh, thing that I'm looking for per episode is what am I supposed to be looking for? Because right. we went into it like with a complete open mind of what is going to happen. I mean, we we floated the idea of like, she created an alternate reality in her head. And we, that was our best theory. Yeah. yeah. We, they could have done away with that episode one and just said, Nope, this is, this is somehow, you know, they just switched dimensions mm-hmm. and, but that's not what's happening. Right. Um, so it's too over the top. It's too much. It's changing. She's altering reality as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's been really interesting, but um, that's, that's what I'm looking for. And I'm, I'm kind of excited to try to piece together the next episode um and go from there i'm hoping it's a little bit longer so i can uh get a little bit more um you know content to draw you know put on the drawing board mm-hmm. 
and map it out. But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to turn this into a, a game of Clue. Yeah, I think I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because it's more of like that. Um, it kind of reminds me of a couple like two, three semesters, the last two or three semesters of like engaging in literary analysis. Um, and like when you, when you read certain things, you're, you're looking for what the theme of what you're reading is and how the author kind of beats you over the head with this is what the theme is. Um, like when we, I can't remember what the name of the story is right now. Oh, the story of an hour. That's a, that's a great representation for this story of an hour. You have the woman who is told that her husband died and she goes into the room and she looks out and she sees birds flying you know, she sees all these other things, you know, the trees. Uh, and it's symbolic because the theme of the story is that now that her husband's dead, she has like a newfound freedom because she's not subservient to him anymore because that's how marriage worked back in the day. Like, because I think the... The era of which this is like written in is like centered around like late 19th century. So like uh, marriage was more or less like a transaction. It wasn't really like a love thing. It was just a transaction. And like the husband had all the keys to the rooms and stuff like that. Uh, the key to the house. Like he was the like he basically did everything. Um, but like, yeah, that, that was this, the symbolism of that, of the theme is that she's looking out and she sees birds, birds in the literary sense represent that freedom because they're flying, they're floating, you know, they're free to do as they want basically. And when I looked at the first episode, what I saw was she always wanted to and it's very reminiscent of the X-Men. She wanted to fit in. She didn't want to be looked at as something more or less than just human. Like she wanted to be like appreciated for just being who she was. And that's why she fell in love with Vision. Because even though he wasn't really human, he could number one, identify with that. And number two, have treated her as such. And that's what the first theme of the, the, that's what the theme of the first episode to me is because the entire first episode that, what are they doing? They're trying to fit in. And number two, like the second episode, like you said with the children. Yeah. I mean, she wanted kids because that further progresses that fitting in is having kids. So I think that that's, exactly where this is going and i think like you said i think that's something to look for in each episode is okay what is the theme of the episode and how does that play into her and what's going on so yeah i'm i'm wondering it's funny like every time we do this the more we talk the more questions i get because the more <laughs> things we touch on yeah um 
I don't want to paint with a broad brush and say this is sword or whoever trying to intervene and say wake up because that I feel like that'll be taken away from little details that we should highlight and try to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, and that could be the answer, um, what the heck was going on at the dinner party? The the two people were crazy. They they were out of their minds. They yeah. they were comedic acting for the first part with how hungry they were. I get that. But then she was <laughs> laughing maniacally um, at her husband choking to death. And right. The husband is cleared of the food in his throat and then goes, well, time to go. And like, what is going on? Like, I, I think, was so confused, but it was entertaining. I think that that represents like the chaotic nature of her creation is that she's created all of this, but no map. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, um, <laughs> And this is like loosely tying into some stuff that I really don't want to get into, but like, um, God, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll leave it at this, and that we'll say with air quotes. Um, creates humans, but right. gives them free will. I get where you're going, right? So like, she's created this reality, but then there's things that are gonna happen that she's like. Well, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, what the hell is a hurricane? Like, what the hell is going <laughs> you know? on? Right, right, right. Yeah, what, what is a hurricane? Why, why does that exist? Right, Wait, right, right. Tectonics. Why, why is it shifting so ha- Oh, hold on yeah. a second. Yeah, yeah. I get exactly. you. Exactly. So when that happened, she was like, uh, what do I do? Because another thing is, I don't know if you noticed, he was choking for a good minute. But at least 45 seconds. Right. Yeah. And it was only until she said, vision, Help do this. Him. Yeah that he did it and almost like she directed it yeah i think it's because she's wanting to not use powers she's wanting to escape that further pushing that thing that i said about the themes of each episode especially episode one of wanting to fit in and not really be looked at as like a mutant um and that's why that 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 episode played out the way that it did is that like basically it was like the woman laughing or, you know, saying whatever it was that she was saying over and over again. Um, stop. Stop or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was like stalling. And she was thinking the entire time, well, oh my gosh, like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to use powers. I don't want to do this at all. And then she ultimately was like, I can't make that decision. I can't do this. So vision you do it you know what's hard though your hypothesis is that she knows this is fake and so she still saves a person's life in her played out fiction world that she knows she's probably going to be apart from well in about two minutes (laughs) so what is what do you think that is is that just her internal empathy is that uh her desire to uh, take care of people. Like what? What was that? What made her want to save him when she knows that that he could probably just go, or she could just go. Nope, stand up. Mm-hmm. Like what's what caused that? What, what do you think? Or do you think maybe Two the things. writers weren't even thinking about that? Two things. I think number one is exactly what you said with the empathy. Uh, but number two, we're kind of plopped into this situation 
we don't know the origins of the story. We don't. Because when we drop in episode one, things are already happening. Like, number one, there's an intro to the show. Both of them. If this is being broadcast to Sword, right? And they're... And that's how they're understanding what's going on is by watching this through a film screen. It already has an intro. It already has all of this stuff going on. We don't know the origins of it. We don't know when exactly Wanda said, I'm going to create this alternate universe or I'm going to create this alternate world. We don't know that. So I think she already knows that S.W.O.R.D. is trying to infiltrate and she knows that they're watching. So I think that she's doing that and saving this fictional character that really doesn't exist because she's trying to show that, you know, hey, there's a human side to us. There's no need to fear us because that was the big thing with, with Wanda in Civil War is that people feared she the, was too the heroes now didn't know how because to they're powerful. Yeah, right. Exactly. So... Yeah, see, every time, every time you answer something, I got two more questions. <laughs> um, but I think that's what makes us great. Is it's that there's really ten minutes of things to talk about, and then all of a sudden you start talking. It's like, what? Wait, yeah, a second. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, do you think? I'll, I'll give. I have two questions. I'll start with the first. Um, where do you think she is? Is she? Is is it like in Call of Duty when you send out the recon drone? And she's just sitting there, just like <laughs> meditating. Or do you think she's in the present and in her room in a mountain somewhere? Like, where is she at picturing all this? And then we'll get into where do you think S.W.O.R.D. is after that. But where do you think she is? Where do I think she is? And you probably haven't thought about this much because there's so much else to do. But if there was an instinctual feeling of where the heck Wanda is, where is she? There's two different things that come to mind. Um, One being... Literally just like kind of in the middle of nowhere, kind of like where Tony was living. You know, he was kind of off to his own thing. He was, you know, by a lake. He was just chilling. It was tranquil in that area he was living in. But um, also it kind of gives her that space. You know, she doesn't want to harm anyone. So why, you know, why, why do that? Why be in the middle of a city? and do this because she doesn't know how she can control it. If something goes awry, then people can die. And so I think it's one, she could either be in like the middle of like a, um, like a, uh, what's, what's like a field, you know, or something. Um, do you think she's in Europe? That was the second guess is that she could be like close to Sokovia or in that general area. Uh, just because that's the origins, you know. Maybe um, Wakanda. No, I don't think Didn't so. Face I mean, her, it, her ultimate fear. Right, right. Uh, I, I do like that idea because that's where Vision died. I mean, it makes sense. But Here, like, I have a follow up to that, and you can continue with your answer. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, I'm kind of that was it. To me, when I think of the possibility of her being at that, like rock or tree or whatever it was that vision died at mm-hmm. um wherever she is is this and i guess i'll preface it with this when we dream mm-hmm. feels like forever plays out over a long period of time mm-hmm. is this a blink of an eye or is this something that is going on 
throughout time in her brain. Is this just a moment? So is it like... Is it more of a dream sequence? Is it real time or is it like a dream? Right. Is it taking place over like hours, days, weeks? Or is this just her sitting down and imagining all of this in one little... You know how fast the brain works. Yeah. One little moment in time. I would say that it's more like a dream than it is in real time. Um, Purely based off of what's going on, like the way that the mind would work, I would imagine if it had that kind of power would be similar to that and that it's just a dream because yeah, when we dream, like I took a nap today (laughs) and I slept for an hour and a half. The dream that I had literally felt like a five hour movie. Hey, sometimes it's months. Yes, exactly. So yeah, I, I definitely think that this is more like a dream sequence. I mean, it's not a dream, but you know, you know what I mean. Like it could it's, be it's a like dream, that, though. It's yeah. like that uh, way that time works with that kind of power would probably not take up that vast of an amount of time. That's what I'm thinking, because like when we dream, it's usually one or two, and then we remember parts of it. Right. But maybe she's so powerful. Her dream is an alternate reality where she places all these things and it's it's like it's happening. Um, sort of like a lucid I, dream. Yeah, and I don't know if that's what's happening, but I, I think that's an idea of with her powers, we don't know what she's capable of accidentally doing mm-hmm. or uh, just maybe she went to mourn Vision and thought about him and accidentally created this or maybe she purposefully wanted to uh, – Instead of she couldn't really say bye outside of she did say bye, but then he got brought back and killed again. So she technically didn't get that last second goodbye. So maybe she's saying goodbye to him in her own way while she's taking a knee. You know, I don't know. I What I think is kind of cool is uh, we kind of get an Easter egg in Endgame now. Um, in the sense of like, what was the last time we saw Wanda? Well, it was her and Hawkeye. What did Hawkeye say? I wish there was a way that she could know that we won. And she said, they know. Yeah. So like, I think. That's interesting. That, that things are exactly what we think they are. And that this is just her manifestation of reality, like her creation, um, like the time flow of things I, I do think is important because I don't like, I think in the real world it's moving at much rapid pace. It's just, just like a dream, like, or the quantum realm because Scott Lang was in the quantum realm for what, like so many hours and then like a whole, like few years, like by. three hours or something. Yeah. And it turned out to be the five years. Right. Right. So or 10 hours, something like that. Right. It was hours. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what we're kind of looking at is something similar to that. The location is important, I think, um, because it could, it could either show her nature or it could show exactly what, uh, what uh, like pushed her into it. That was my second question. Um so it's, let's say it's sword. I mean, it is sword, mm-hmm. but like in in some capacity, they're watching her yeah. brain, right? 
of some kind. Um, do you think it is similar to X-Men when they go, you know, into the room where they can see out and explore a brain? Cerebro. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or do you think perhaps she is, they found her physical body and they're trying to wake her up? What do you think is more likely that they're like Ooh. discovering things that are out and about or maybe they actually came into contact with her but she's in some kind of trance and she, she's trying to get out or they want her to get out but she doesn't even know she's stuck perhaps. I think it's more her physical body I think is inside that realm. Okay, so you think she's, she's kind of dumped herself into yeah. almost like a portal or black hole right. of thought. Which also plays along with S.W.O.R.D., because Sword's base of operations is in space. Like it's outside of the world. Um, and in many ways, you could say that she's outside of world too, based off of what she's doing. Well, um, physics don't apply to her right, right now. So. Exactly. Um, I do like that you brought in Cerebro because I think that that's important. Um, because the idea of Cerebro... Is is would even Charles Xavier be able to find her? You know, like maybe. You know, it's it's interesting. Like they could pick up the phone. You know, yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, I think he would be able to find her, but like it would be incre incredibly difficult because of the way Cerebro works. I think. Of course, there could be something else that I don't know about Cerebro or about Charles himself, I do think Charles would be able to communicate with her even in that effort, like separate reality. But I think that he would have to have like help with S.W.O.R.D. to do it because S.W.O.R.D. has obviously found a way to infiltrate and that's important. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm generally intrigued by all of this as well just as much as you are uh i think my my thoughts are just going like crazy right now because like there's just so many like you said i mean the more we talk about it the more i had zero you know. questions prepared yeah. and i just keep <laughs> you just rattled keep them off. entering my brain right. um man i what i want to know the most is Who's operating in S.W.O.R.D.? Like, because there's right. so many people that have been in S.W.O.R.D. It's gray face right now. So, like, we saw a hand closing a book. And I mean, perhaps that, the face of the, you know, beekeepers. Right. Something as well. Is that Magneto? Is, is that, that a portal? Mm, the yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? The, the way uh, of community? The, the, su uh, the sewer? Yeah, passing through areas. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there a portal? Is yeah. Is there? Can a way? you get in? Are you afraid of getting out? Is that why they had to wear the suit because right. they can't? Is this upside down world? Yeah. I don't know, man. There's a lot. So many a questions. Lot going on. A lot going on. So many questions. I'm not sure what's going on, and I don't know if we're gonna be getting too many answers anytime soon. I think it's gonna take the finale to mm -hmm. truly wrap this up. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I, I think in a few episodes. Just I think maybe they'll, two they'll or push three. us. I think Marvel's good. With the, with their non bigger stuff, I think they like to push you in directions where you, it makes you comfortable, mm -hmm. and then they throw you off. Mm, so yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not going to trust any 
any finalization. You know, I wouldn't like bet on a theory based on the fourth episode. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't trust them to to be that kind, or I don't really want them to be. Yeah. Um, but I, I get what you're saying. I think there's going to be a path where we're going to go. Well, it's this or this. Yep. You know, we're we're here. Well, and then you'll be looking for clues. It's just like the Mandalorian. Uh, when we were, uh, probably four or five episodes into season two, we go, we got Ahsoka Tano and then she said something about the, uh, seeing stone and that it would communicate with other Jedi and spoiler alert, the, oh dude, potentially. No, no, no way, dude. I'm just saying. No. People get mad. Hey. Go for it. it, Come on. If somebody hasn't seen this show that has wanted to by now, that's on you. (laughs) Here's, and continue with your thought. I give people, blockbuster movie, three days. Yeah. That's it. Because you can avoid, I shut my phone off. Yeah. All social media for an entire day like and that you know that's not something that's really hard to do but like i had to do it i mean we deleted social media apps on endgame everything everything i wasn't taking a chance and then buster right when i'm about to walk in is going to give me one of the most important things that i didn't decipher and didn't make sense of thankfully but oh yeah that that made me so mad that i avoided social media drove six hours we got to the theater. And I get to the theater and the people walking out are talking about it. And yeah. it's my fault for sitting in front, I guess. I, I don't know, man. Who that's, was it that wanted food? Wild. Was it you? Yeah. Was it Joey? Yeah, I was hungry. I <laughs> almost lost my endgame experience because of that Taco Bell. Oh my god. I was very close. All right, continue. So. Um but yeah, like the Mandalorian, season like two, episode four or five, we got like Ahsoka, and she says something about the seeing stone, putting baby Yoda on the seeing stone. To contact other Jedi. Why that was so important and why that's like freaking crazy is because of what that points to is speculation. It's so much speculation because what we know of Darth Vader canon wise is after episode three, he went on a rampage. He was literally tracking down Jedi that survived Order 66 and was just slaying them left and right. Like, there were no Jedi left. However, some did escape. Some did find a way to survive and keep going. And so when Ahsoka drops that on us, you know, I I think me and Jacob talked about this a lot. Like, you know, we were just going back and forth as to who this Jedi could be. But it was obvious who it it was uh, after a while. That dude. But there was a lot of speculation as to who it could be. I mean, I, I for one, was like, okay, well, if Ahsoka's in the show and they mentioned Grand Admiral Thrawn, then maybe it's Ezra Brisher. Maybe he's the Jedi that is going to communicate with, you know, Grogu. Um, but after a while, it was like, okay, yeah. it, You know, there was no other way that it would be anybody else. Like, why would they bring in Ezra Bridger? Not that many people watched Rebels. Um, and it was around that same time that it was announced that Ahsoka was going to have a spinoff show anyway. So it was like, well, it's definitely not Ezra Bridger now. Because if they're going to bring him in, they're going to bring him in on that show. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, how that ties into Marvel is just like, that's how I think they're going to go with it. Like there's a linear path. They'll stray from it just to throw you off, but there's still a linear path and we'll kind of know where we're going because it is nine episodes. We'll know where we're going. I feel like by episode four, maybe five. So, okay. Yeah. I'd love to do something in a future podcast uh, revolving around Star Wars and Marvel mm-hmm. because at this point they're very synonymous with each other. Mm-hmm. They have the same parent company um, yeah. and really they're, there's two ways that it could go. They could be battling each other for Disney's attention or they could both just become, you know, Walmart and Target. whatever, you know, whatever <laughs> yeah. you want to say. Yeah. Um, there's place for both of them, but we're going to find out like Disney's putting everything on these two franchises. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to see if it's too much. It might be, uh, if it's oversaturated, it may get a little bit less popular per entity. It's, it's possible, um, but you can know. always rein it back, you know. So I, I want to talk about that more in in depth and uh, comparisons and mm-hmm. um, the idea of what's more valuable to them and what the next twenty years looks like, things like that, so we can look back at it. Um, so if you guys are interested in hearing that, you'll see it in an upcoming episode. Um, but do you have any final thoughts on WandaVision episode one or two, or perhaps uh, a preview of what you're expecting in episode three and four? Um, or no, three, I guess. <laughs> Just yeah. three. No, no real like final thoughts. Cause I think we actually covered quite a bit of ground on episodes one and two. Um, it was a lot. Yeah. But for episode three, I would assume that we would get kind of. Uh, the theme might change because the theme, the theme of episodes one and two is kind of similar because like I said, episode two dealt more with like children and that she wanted a baby, but that ties into episode one because that involves her fitting in. So like, I think episode three is going to be, there might be a different theme. It might still tie, kind of tie into the episode one and two, but the theme might be just a little bit different. Do you think um, we're in the sixties now? Yeah. I think we've moved forward. Okay. Um, it might be seventies. Yeah. Know. It's like the verge of 60s, 70s right. looking. Um, so that's what I would assume for episode three is that the theme might change a little bit, but we also might get like, a little more of that onion peeled back. Right. As far as sword is concerned in episode three, just a little bit. Cause I think that's the biggest thing for this show is sword. Do you think we'll see any other big name heroes or villains in the next two episodes at all? My guess would be no. Mm, yes. You do. Okay. Yes. Is there one you're thinking of? Oh my gosh. Uh, I said her name earlier. Abigail Brandt. I think her name's Abigail Brandt. She's like the head of sword. Okay. We could either hear her voice or see her maybe in like episode four. Um, but I think we'll get 
one, maybe two X-Men in the finale. Call your shot. Uh, well, maybe not in the finale. Maybe like episode eight. <laughs> okay. I think okay. we'll see a collective group That's of fine. people in episode If you nine. get it at all, yeah. it'll be impressive. So I think we'll have Quicksilver. And I think we will definitely have... Well, we know have, that. Quicksilver is going to be in there at some point. Yeah, we'll have Quicksilver. We know we have Doctor Strange. But I think we'll also have either it, the the pair or either or of Magneto and Charles Xavier. Wow, that would be cool. Yeah. Do because think- it's important. It's huge. We know that like Magneto is her dad. Regardless of if it's been explained in the MCU or not, if there is a Scarlet Witch and there is a Quicksilver, their father is Magneto. That directly ties into Charles Xavier because the two have different thoughts as to what mutants should be doing. So they have to work together because they're opposite ideals. Like... When we look at the X-Men, why they were recruiting together is because Xavier was basically like, look, like we can work together to create harmony with ourselves and humans. Eventually that broke off and then obviously we know what happens. But like it would either be one or the other or both. And if it's one, it would be Xavier. It wouldn't be Magneto. Because it's too. Because he wouldn't too, have a place in there. Right. Because if you're going to bring in Dr. Strange and Quicksilver, why would he be there? I mean, sure, he's her dad, but like his ideals aren't the same. Maybe things have changed because of what happened in the last X-Men movie. So like maybe he's more bought into the Xavier's way of thinking. But I don't think so. I still think that there's part of him that's like, no, we shouldn't be. We should be still superior to humans. Do you think? And Go ahead. That doesn't work. So I think if it's one, it's Xavier. It's possible that both pop in. Do you think Doctor Strange knows what's going on here? Um, Is he too busy? That's a good question. He searches every reality. Yeah. But like. What would tip him off? Right. He's not constantly searching. Right. It's not like a antivirus. Exactly. Um, man, that's a good question. I don't know. Maybe he would be debriefed at some point, but like. I think he cares for her as a fellow Avenger. Yeah. And if he knew this was going on, he'd probably try to get her out. In the but, comics, he would probably know what's going on way before it's happening because. Number one, he would know who she is and know what her what she's capable of. So he'd kind of keep tabs on her. Uh, right, he does that early anyway. But also he's just kind of, he's like mildly omnipotent in that he kind of knows what's going on around the world. I have a theory. In universes. Regardless. Maybe he, uh, he told Wong to... Check it that day, and Wong said, "Nah, not happening." <laughs> yeah. Wong was I'm good. Tuna melt. I gotta go eat. <laughs> yeah, there's a boxing match on tonight. Yeah. Uh, uh, you'd think Doctor Strange would have an idea because at some point he's got to, he's gonna end up in the show. So like, he, yeah, he knows something. Yeah, I think, um, I think that could be part of where we see Charles Xavier 
pop in is him fetching him. Like, wouldn't that be kind of cool, man? Like, if Sword is like, hey, we need we need somebody that can like telepathically communicate. (laughs) Right. We need somebody that can telepathically communicate with her in this reality. And he's like, well, I think I know a guy. Opens up a portal. That portal leads to Xavier's mansion. He's like, Charles Xavier, come. <laughs> and they dip and go back through the portal. Boom. Who would it be? Dang. There you go. Who, who, who would your guess be if they were to have an Xavier pop in? Do you think they'd go um, consistency or the start of something new? I think it would end the... The WandaVision series for sure, because that would kind of entail that like things are over. Right. But there's also a fifth person, I think, that could pop off in the show that could show up. Captain America. You think it would be that fast? It could happen. Uh, it's like a very, very minimal chance, like extremely minimal chance. But it could happen. And if it did, it would be old man Cap. I don't think he's going to play that character anymore. But it, it could happen because of, I think we talked about this on the last podcast too, but I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure. But um, the familiarity that Wanda has with Cap, the trust that she has with him. She doesn't really trust Doctor Strange that much because she doesn't really know him that well. And if he brings in Charles Xavier to communicate with her, he she's not going to know who he is because they've never had an interaction yet to this point. Uh, the Quicksilver that's being brought in isn't her brother Quicksilver. Like, that's not the one that she knows, really. It's just a different version of him. Um, so I think if they brought in Cap, it would help her in realizing that maybe, like, not that, like, what she's doing is wrong but like you know the possibilities of things going bad are increased a thousandfold because of what she's doing cap would have no place to speak because he went back and did it yeah yeah yeah. he's doing what she did but in real life absolutely but that could tie into why they talk and why he's brought in because as i said when we were talking about endgame what cap and loki did changes the future of Marvel forever because it creates the multiverse. Right. Um, Because he stayed in time that creates the multiverse because Loki found that stone and disappeared. That creates the multiverse. Um, It creates a different version and none of these people are going to know it. Dr. Strange is maybe the only person that would know it, that something's different. And I don't know if you noticed, but when cap came back, Dr. Strange wasn't around. It's probably because he said, oh, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, something's different here. Something's not right. Um, why are you old? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that would create a whole thing. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think that ties in perfectly. And if they brought in Cap, that would be how the show would end. Which we don't know. I mean, I saw, I think, I'm not, I don't remember if I saw that or not. When I hit play for episode one, I thought it said season one, episode one. 
which could be massively important if it said season one, episode one, because that I entails that there could be a season though. two. I think it, well, Netflix it does, but I don't know about Disney. Because if there's a season two, then we wouldn't see any of that stuff happening for a little while. Right. Um, but that would, uh, I think that's how the show would end, would be, you know, you'd have a collection of heroes saving her. Yeah, um, I can't see a season two because of how I can't this either. story's hanging up on a thread as it is because yeah. of her reluctance to admit it's fake, basically. Yeah. Um, for the show. So, wow, if it's if it's nine episodes and that's it, oh my goodness, yeah, that, that could be how it ends. It's going to be an interesting time period. Oh, yeah, for sure. That we could we could see the direction of Marvel shifting just based on this series. And we talked about that already. Um, there's a lot of a lot of things at stake with how they decide to do this and leading into Doctor Strange, which is leading into Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those three are going to be probably the most impactful uh, of this next year and a half or whenever strange does come up. Um, yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how it goes. Um, I'm excited. Very, very excited. Yes. So we will have another episode coming out to you very soon. Uh, every single episode is, is full of ideas. Some are probably going to be more than others. This is probably going to be one of the longest because of, how much we were able to touch on, but I feel like we're not going to learn too much every single episode. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. But uh, yeah, I can't wait for the next one. Um, I can't wait for the next idea. Maybe, maybe we'll find out we were way off. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but that'd be pretty cool too. So uh, let us know if you have any questions or ideas or any theories you guys may have had, and uh, we'd be happy to incorporate them into our next episodes. Um, here now in the future and we'll look back on the things that we said in this episode when we hit the finale thank you for listening and uh, as always have a great day See you.